Hello and welcome, my name is Daniela, I'm a Catholic speaker and evangelist and you're listening to Parhesia Podcast. Parhesia from the Greek meaning to speak all freely, openly and boldly. In the words of Hebrews 3.13, I am here today to encourage you. Yes, Jesus Christ is alive. He loves you and I am cheering you on. I pray you're greatly blessed and invite you to subscribe for the latest episodes and to share this podcast. So before I go on, this isn't a practical announcement. What I'm about to say is essential for tonight. Right now, there are three priests. I'm just going to check. Okay, so there's two priests hearing confessions and the two places are out the back door there into the confessional chapel there's one priest in there and there should be another priest just through the doors as you go downstairs if you as if you were going into the hall and at some point there may be a priest going into the our lady chapel and that is essential for tonight confession i don't want to start with two scriptures that was given just not long ago And the first one is Psalm 42. As a deer longs for flowing streams, so longs my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? My tears have been my food day and night. While men say to me continually, where is your God? Where is your God? Psalm 115. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. For the sake of your mercy, and your faithfulness. Why should the nations say, where is their God? Why should the nations say, where is their God? Our God is here. The world might say to you as you're holding on to your faith through trial after trial, where's your God? But tonight, Christ is saying, your God is here. Is here body, blood, soul and divinity right now in this tabernacle just here to your left, my right. Jesus Christ is truly with us. We pray for the faith to expect from the God who says, I am with you. Don't let the critic put you down because your God is with you. You know, this really resonated with me a few weeks ago. At the moment, I'm redoing my Marian consecration to Mary. You know, you can do your personal consecration to Our Lady. 
and I'm doing one called Mary's Mantle Consecration. It's a beautiful one written by Dr. Christine Watkins and another lady and it's 46 days and it's all about the gifts and the, the virtues of the Holy Spirit. And on one of the days, this line just stuck with me. It resonated and it was these words. Where is your good news? Is there none for me? When I cling to you, I cannot feel you. When I talk with you, I cannot hear you. How can you be my light when I cannot see you? Has anybody ever felt like that with the Lord? I would be surprised if you haven't, because it's part of our growth in the spiritual life. And this really was an experience for me. I'm going to roll us back nearly four years. January 2020, I went to Our Lady's Shrine in Knock. Some people have heard this testimony, but I've reflected on it more and discovered how much more deeply the Lord was pouring out his grace in this confession. Now remember, confession is available. And I want to encourage you, if at any point you feel convicted, go. During this talk, just get up and go. Don't feel rude. The confessions are on for you to go when the Lord says, come. Because it's not about listening to me share some good teaching. Tonight, God's glory is revealed in the confessional. He said that. I didn't hear it audibly, but I felt convinced Tonight, God's glory is going to be revealed in confessions. That's where he's chosen tonight. God's glory. And what did he say to Martha? I tell you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. And this happened to me in Knock. I was there in January 2020, six months before my brother died. So it was very raw. It was, if you've been to the west of Ireland, cold, wet and windy, and it was dark. And this was a real depiction of what was going on inside me. You know, the weather sometimes speaks for how you feel. And knock, if you've been, is quite a lonely place. You know, if you've ever been to other Marian apparition sites, it's quite buzzing. And I love knock, I've been only a couple of weeks ago. But it's one of those places, it's very silent. It is known as the silent apparition. And it was here that I had the most powerful confession I've ever had. Every confession is powerful, but this was a revelation of God's glory. I went into adoration in the big chapel there, and I was actually, truth be told, frustrated with the Lord. And so I went into adoration and I was in my own misery. And when I was in there, I was refusing to go to confession because I'd just been a few days before. But you know when you're having this tension and battle because you can feel the Lord calling you to confession? That was going on with me. So I went to confession. And I went in, I just knelt down and I actually just started to cry. 
because all of this what i just share it comes out in emotion and sometimes that's the best way to speak to god sometimes you just need to cry and so i just cried the priest could see me there was no grail in between there was no a curtain and if there was i think i asked him to pull back the curtain because i wanted to see face to face jesus you know because the priest is in persona christi and while i was crying you know i really let it out i thought i'm in ireland i might not see this priest again so i don't need to worry i'll just cry and i forgot he was there because i really let it all out to jesus jesus is truly in the confessional he would not have instituted that sacrament if it wasn't a fountain a waterfall a river of grace and i forgot he was there and i pulled myself together and he was a little old priest with his rosary beads and i thought oh he's just thinking what an emotional girl how's how's he going to deal with me you know what did i need in that moment i needed a revelation i needed an illumination i needed an enlightenment that jesus could bring, can bring, does bring good news into my situation. That Jesus could bring light into this darkness. That Jesus could bring hope to my sadness and healing to grief. I had to believe that God could do this. And this priest made me realise that he could. Because he just looked me straight in the eye. He actually grabbed my hands and he said, with such clarity, directness and firmness. No, he wasn't wishy-washy. He was a strong man of God. And he said these words. He said a lot, but I want to share these words because he read my soul. I didn't tell him anything, but he told me stuff that was going on in my soul. How did he know? Because Christ told him. Because Christ is the one that speaks. And he said, let me tell you, you are a daughter of the father. You are not a slave to God. I can see an image of a lonely house where the father is waiting for his daughter to come home and sit with him. Now, just to crack a joke in that nice bit, I was going to mass every single day, so that was a bit confusing, you know, because I was going to church every day. But yet, he was still waiting for me because it's about your heart. It's about the heart and it's about being vulnerable with God. And so Jesus in the priest would say, my father's waiting for you. There is good news for your life. There is a plan. Your brother is with me. I can bring good out of all evil. I can heal your broken heart and any pain that you've suffered. And I saw the light of Christ in this priest's eyes. You know, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Says it up here on the screen. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When you follow Christ, you will have light. It's a promise. And sometimes we, we go through the darkness to be reminded that he is the light. So we can rejoice in the times that are dark. 
because we know, in fact, what I learned in his studies, the Greek word for darkness and dawn come from the same Greek word. So the moral there is that there's always a dawn that follows a darkness. The Lord cannot leave you in darkness. It is against his nature. He would be lying to himself if he left you in a dark place. He's not going to leave you in a dark place. He is coming, not with light, but he is the light. Because it's personal. Jesus is fully God, fully man. You know, you don't have to look for a light out there that's unattainable, that you can't reach. Jesus is coming for you with light. To pour his light into your life. And one of the amazing things about when you look at the Old Testament, the New Testament, is that everything that was prophesied in the Old, that the Israelites, all their ceremonies, everything they taught, everything was fulfilled in Jesus. And John, in John's Gospel, he said, if everything Jesus did was written down, all the books in the world couldn't contain it. How much did he do? If all the books in the world couldn't contain, have you ever been into a library and there's hundreds and hundreds of books? That wouldn't be enough to write down everything Jesus did. We only see a snippet because if we saw the reality, we'd be blown away. And so Jesus fulfills everything in the Old Testament. And one of those things, a little bit of history here, but it's fascinating is the Israelites used to celebrate a week-long celebration called the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths. And the second celebration in this week was called an Illumination Ceremony. And this was in the massive temple. Now, I've had the privilege of going to Jerusalem, to the Holy Land. The temple is gigantic, but Jesus is bigger because he is the temple. You know, that temple was a prophecy of God who is magnanimous, massive, is in Christ. He is the temple. And when you go, it's absolutely fascinating. It's so majestic and awe. And it's only a glimpse of who God is in Christ. And in the outer core of the temple called the Court of Women, they used to light four massive candles. And I'm not talking like those but they are amazing i'm talking 75 foot and these candles they were called candle bearer they could be seen all over jerusalem and they were a symbol that god journeyed with his people when they left egypt journeying to the promised land by a cloud in the day and a pillar of fire at night it was the morning after this feast with these tall candles Jesus declared in front of hundreds, probably thousands of people there in the temple, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's where Jesus said it. So two things we can take. First of all, he was implying that he was God because the light symbolized God's presence. Jesus saying, God is here. Remember, where is your God? 
God is here. And it also showed that he fulfilled the long-awaited time of the Messiah. They no longer needed to light those 75-foot candles. The true light had arrived. You don't need to wait for light. Jesus is there. And I can promise you, he does not fail. The light of Christ was prophesied through the Old Testament. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. And then this one from Micah. When I sit in darkness, Lord, the Lord will be a light to me. He will bring me forth to the light. I shall behold his deliverance. And you know, just then when I read that, I had an image of someone sat up at night in the bed. So there's someone here recently who's been up during the night in the dark struggling with something. Because isn't it often at night when we're all alone, when there's silence, that your thoughts and your anxieties and your fears and your wounds come up. As you sit there, Christ, the light of the world, the fulfillment of a thousand year celebration with those candles were in the temple because it's the time of Moses. That same light is with you. The same light is with you. And this began on a pitch black middle of the night in the cold months of December. John's gospel says the true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world and indeed came into the world. That's what Christmas is about. The beginning of the light who has dawned upon us. And this Christmas, Christ wants a new dawn in your life because he is the dawn. And tonight, he's calling you to the confessional to experience that light. I'm absolutely convinced that's where God's glory is being shown right now. Because the confessional is intimate, personal. You can lay all your burdens down one-to-one -one, in complete privacy and secrecy. You know, priests died for the seal of confession. What you share in there is between you and Christ. Your pains, your sins, the effects of other people's sin on your life, your struggles, your nothing, your misery. And Christ, the light of the world, pours in his tender mercy. And do you know where that comes from? The true Christmas tree, the new tree of life, the cross. There's only one reason Christ came into this world. He set his face like flint for the cross because it's from the cross that his heart was pierced and that blood and water gushed forth symbolising mercy. And I'm just going to end with an invitation. You know, you've been invited all the way through to go to confession. Listen, I am standing at the door, knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come into you 
and eats with you and you with me. There's an amazing image by an artist called William Holman. And the image is called Jesus, Light of the World. You're probably familiar with it. And Jesus is there with a lantern, with a halo around him, with a light over his head, and he's knocking on the door. He's knocking on the door of your heart right now. Just like he was with me in knock. Give him another chance. You know, you might have been to confession recently. Maybe you only went the other day. But if you feel the Lord calling you go again, go. It's a sacrament. It's an experience of the cross being poured out upon you. You stood beneath the tree of new life. And when you look at this image, the rusty nails, the hinges, that symbolises it's either never been opened or it's not been opened for a long time. So who has closed the heart to God? I tell you, it's a daily battle. Even for me, it's like that door should be, you know, I should really install one of them automatic doors with the Lord. So we've got a bit of easier chance of coming in and out. At the moment, it's like a swinging door, opening, closing, opening, closing. Because every single day is a battle. And every single day he's calling us to renew our trust in him. Despite the battle after battle. The sadness, the unhappiness, the depression, the confusion, the loneliness. He's continually asking us to open the door of our hearts. And the fallen fruit symbolizes autumn. There's no handle, so Christ does not force his way in. It's up to you. He'll give you the grace to open the door. He seeks permission. A gentleman. And the lantern that he carries, that is light for the mind. Because would you all agree with that one of our biggest battles is the mind? St. Paul says, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. I am telling you now, it's the biggest battle is what you believe and how you think. It has to be renewed in Christ. This is why the scriptures, the word of God, the catechism, when we go to mass, it's all renewing your mind, uncovering the lies. You know, it's a lie to believe that God cannot help you. It's a lie to believe there's no light at the end of the tunnel. This is truth, and the truth will set you free. Our minds have to be renewed, and it begins in the confession. Christ is bringing the lantern, and he's going to heal your minds. The negative thoughts, the doubts, the loneliness. He's going to give you his mind. And the halo around him in the image symbolizes that here is the new dawn. Here is the new day. Perhaps the Lord wants to bless you now. He sees your tears. He sees your loneliness. He's with you. And he's not abandoned you. You are the apple of his eye. You are his treasure and he truly died for you. He's got a plan for you. He's going to make you strong. 
and you're going to be a light to the nations. And John the Baptist calls us to a baptism of repentance. Baptism means to be immersed. We're called to be immersed in the mercy of God. Elios. Mercy comes from the Greek elios, and it means olive oil. And that's what they use to treat wounds. The confession is about you being bandaged, your wounds being filled with the blood of Christ made whole. And the priest has given up his life to be a vessel for you to be healed. Lay down your burdens. Step through the threshold into mercy, into encounter, into life. It'll change your life. Go with expectancy. And I pray that you have the same experience I did in Knock. In fact, you're going to have a greater experience because God knows what you need. Amen. Uh, Danielle has spoken an awful lot about confession. Is that the main message? Uh, I, I'm inspired to share a little story that not many people naturally know. Um, I was in another country and I met a Polish priest. He's probably gone to the Lord now because this is at least eight years ago and he was very elderly then. And he was a friend of Pope John Paul II. And I was uh, staying in his house with him. So he showed me photographs that were on the wall of him and Pope John Paul II. And he said to me, um, he was in Rome, he was invited to dinner uh, with Pope John Paul II and he was running across Rome because he was running late and he, he stumbled across a priest friend who was an alcoholic and the priest friend was uh, relieved from duty, that's probably the best way to put it and so he was drunk, his priest friend, he was drinking a bottle of wine straight out of the bottle he was sat in one of the squares in Rome and he was smelly, he didn't look good, and he recognised him, and he sat with him, and he said, what's going on? And he listened to him, and he, and he, and he you know, shared his misery as being an alcoholic, that he was uh, no longer a priest, uh, and so he said, listen, I'll catch up with you again, but I've got to go, because the Pope's waiting for me. So he got back to the Vatican, and the Pope said to him, he said, uh, you're late. And he told the Pope what I just shared with you. And uh, Pope John Paul II said, go back and get him. Bring him here because I'd like to invite him for dinner. So he ran back to the square close to St. Peter's and he found the priest. And the priest said, no, how can I come? He said, look at me. I'm drunk. I smell. He said, the Pope wants you. Come back. So he came, and the Pope was there waiting at the dining room door, and he welcomed him in. And he said to the, to the priest, uh, who was uh, relieved of duty, he said to him, Before we have dinner, I want you to do me a great favour. Will you hear my confession? The Pope said. He said, I can't. He said, because I'm no longer a practising priest. He said, well, I'm the Pope. And he put his hand on his head and he said, I give you permission. And so we don't know what happened in the confessional, but when the priest who was the alcoholic heard the Pope's confession, 
the priest came out and he never drank again. He was healed in the confessional. It's a healing sacrament. And the Pope showed wonderful humility there, didn't he? Uh, divulging his sinfulness to a drunken priest. So we should never judge anybody. You know, so we all come here with great struggles. There's not one person in this church tonight who hasn't got a struggle. Because we're not Catholic without a struggle. Jesus said in the world you will have hardship. But be brave, be courageous. I have conquered the world. You see, because we have to get onto the cross with Jesus. That's part of the deal. He saved a space on the cross for you and I. That's what it means in Colossians 1.24 when it says, For what was lacking in the cross of Christ, we in our suffering make up in the church. The Lord is inviting us to join him on the cross. And what comes after the cross? The resurrection. And that's again what we're celebrating at Christmas, isn't it? You know, when we look at Jesus in the manger, we see Jesus on the cross. When we see Jesus in the arms of Mary, we see Jesus in the arms of Mary at the foot of the cross. When we see Jesus' his big smile in the crib, we see Jesus rising from the cross. And that's what we're here to celebrate. Thank you.